Hi, everyone. It is season two of the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Sigenfus. Join my friends and me as we share conversations about little things, big things, all the things. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Hi, friends. Welcome to March. We are in a whole new month of the Let It Be podcast, and I have a very special guest with me today. She's definitely one of the youngest guests that I have ever had on. And as you know, I like to invite friends on this show. Well, this young girl is actually a friend of a friend, and I got connected to who she is from one of my former colleagues who lives in Northern Ohio, and she had heard about this lovely, young, new author who is also a Jesus follower, and she happens to only be a senior in high school. So I want to introduce you to this amazing young girl who I think every parent would love their daughter to grow up and emulate. emulate. Her name is Emily Stoll. She goes by Emmy, and she has written a book that has just recently been published and released called Growing Up in Grace. And I am so excited that I have my own hands on a copy. I'm excited for my girls to read it and to dive into it and to hopefully even share this with their friends. So Emmy, welcome to the Let It Be podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. I couldn't believe when I, as I mentioned, my former colleague had introduced me to who you were through social media, because isn't that the way that we are all connected (laughs) these days? And she said, I don't really know this girl, but I've heard of her because she's in my area and she's written a book and she's a senior in high school, which is just unbelievable (laughs) to me. So tell us a little bit about who you are, um, where you go to school. Well, I mean, if you feel comfortable sharing that, where you go to school, just anything about yourself, and then we'll dive into why you wrote a book and what it's all about. Right. So I'm a senior at Harbor Creek High School. Um, Yeah, like you said, my name is Emily Stoll and the book is new. I have been writing it for around three years and I was just so excited when I finally got um, a publisher and like seeing the cover design and everything. It was truly a dream come true. Literally, it was my dream and now it's real. So it's just such an honor. It's been so exciting. It's amazing to me because a lot of high school students, their dream is to like maybe get a 4.0 on their report card. (laughs) And yet already at this age, I mean, if you started, are you 18 right now? Yes. So then, and, and so three years ago was when this dream was really birthed, which my goodness, you weren't even driving a car yet and you were ready to write a book. That is amazing. So what made you decide to, one, write a book, and then for the content of it to be about the concept of grace? So, like I said, um, I first had the idea about three years ago. I honestly just thought it would be something so cool to do. I really like writing, specifically, like, letters and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been told that it's kind of a gift, so I just... I just started typing a manuscript and then I had the friends who um, wrote with me, my Mm -hmm. co-authors, Regan and Chelsea, they both reached out at separate times and it kind of solidified. I was like, hmm, maybe this really is something I should be doing because 
it was just really cool to hear that they wanted to uh, also contribute. And I was yeah. really excited for that. And I think it just made it better. And I just would write like without a publisher, without a plan. I just loved it. And here we are. Yeah. So it was, it seems like it was a little bit maybe of a journal entry for you that right. just eventually became a manuscript. Right. And I want to describe a little bit about the book. It is beautiful. You mentioned the cover of it. It's like a field of poppies. Is that what they are? Poppy flowers? (laughs) Um, A field of poppies. And I love that throughout the whole book, you not only have your chapters that are written out, but then you have like some journaling options for anyone who's who's reading to be able to write down their thoughts and even maybe do like a study with someone else. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Have you, I know this is a brand new book. You said it just came out in when, when was it actually available for purchase? I believe it was somewhere around December 15th. Okay. I think. So do you know of any teens, students, your age who are sitting and going through this, like as a small group study? Um, yeah, I've heard from actually a lot of friends who have read it. It's very exciting. It's so, I, I can't even imagine what your family must feel and just the pride and your youth pastor and um, all your just whole circle to see something from someone so young be put into a bound published book. So great. So great. Well, let's get into a little bit about the content of what you have in here. So did you grow up, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Did you grow up with a faith background? Right, I did. So I was, we went to church when I was younger. It was kind of more of a, like you went to feel good though. Okay. I didn't really enjoy it a lot, but I got a lot from every church that we attended. I learned lessons and I'm grateful that we, I had that when I was Mm -hmm. growing up, but eventually in middle school, we switched to another local church and it just like brought my faith to a whole different level. And it was a really great time because I think had I been like not so connected with God longer, it could have been really destructive in my life, but Mm -hmm. it was great timing. And I just, I kind of reconnected with God. I got baptized again and I was just really excited. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned early on in the very beginning of the book, you address kind of the things that every, every teenager, every person really faces. Um, you mentioned things like parties, drinking, swearing, drugs, drama, sex, all of those things. And you say here, before I had contentment in my relationship with Jesus, I looked for happiness in temporary things like parties. I was reckless and fun loving. So you were, I mean, you were young and feeling these tendencies, feeling these, um, I don't know if you'd call it temptations, but just experiences that every student goes through. So what was a a moment or a pivotal process that made you realize like, that's not what's going to be fulfilling and I need to look to something else? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I was actually, I, I think like my whole eighth grade year, I was kind of like teetering back and forth like oh this is really fun like just hanging out with friends all the time not really caring but I was like at the same time I still had that background from being raised in the church and I was like but I feel like I'm not really living for a purpose Mm -hmm. and I was at this church event for youth 
and it was really good and I was like you know what I just want to tell people about Jesus Mm -hmm. and that I feel like was kind of the marker of like I'm actually going to chase after this. Mm, I love that and I love that you address things you mentioned that your parents got divorced when you were really young and how that impacted you. How have you taken kind of this, because you mentioned even in your book that divorced families are, it's becoming even more and more common, even within the church network. And so you, you're still only 18. How did you take those really hard circumstances within your family? You talk about forgiveness and move forward in a positive way that it didn't kind of dim the light of who Jesus was in your life. So I'm really just grateful for how God worked that situation out because I, my parents are both remarried now and I'm just really grateful for my extended family. Mm. And I think it constantly, I have to remember to just be patient and like my situation is not the same as most of my friends, but I have to just, be patient and like look at all the good that came out of it that mm-hmm. God worked all the good out of it mm-hmm. for. There's a verse in Genesis and it's when Joseph has been just abandoned by his brothers and he says what you intended for evil God intended for good. And I picked up a lot of those that that sentiment out of a lot of your stories in your book, was there a particular chapter that was really endearing to you or part of your story that was really impactful that because it was so personal to you, you see that it's going to help a lot of others? I don't think there's a specific story, but I think like the ones that I described my experience through high school, Mm -hmm. like one foot in and making the right decision and just things that I were very prevalent to me throughout the past three years. Um, I think they will benefit a lot of people from a wide variety of ages because um, I really just wrote from what happened and how I was kind of on the wrong path in middle school. But then when God brought me back, people could see that I was different. And I think that high school is like a prime time to share the gospel and like, love others the way that Jesus would because people are trying to figure out like where they fit in in life and what they're going to do with their life. And if they see people loving like this, they're going to be like, Oh, you're different. Like yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. Are you, you're at a public high school. Yeah. So how has that been to live out your faith amongst a public school setting where I'm sure like most public school settings, uh, kids are making choices that are much different than yours. I'm actually lucky. I feel like I, well, one, I have great friends who mm-hmm. would encourage me in my faith. And also there was, um, a youth event that a lot of kids from my school went to. So it wasn't really like abnormal to be a Christian. It was more normal to go to this event and then like kind of just keep living your life. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, I want to use what I'm learning, you know? So I think that there were definitely challenges. Like you just have to be courageous and you have to understand that other people don't see everything the same way that you do and that they might think you're weird, but I'm very blessed to have a good, um, crowd of people to be around me. Yeah. So what would you say then to someone who would say, well, that sounds great for Emmy 
because it makes things easier when you have kind of a tribe of people who are thinking and living the same way you are. But what if there's that person who can't find her people or his people and just truly feels alone walking through the halls of their school at at best being left alone for their decisions at worst being mocked or ridiculed because of them? I would say that God totally sees that and he is so honored just by when you are faithful in the face of persecution and it the bible tells us that we'll be blessed for being persecuted and our reward in heaven is so much greater but it's definitely a challenging feeling it's even been hard with all the great people i have around it's still hard at times but Mm -hmm. you have to remember that god does not change and he will always be there for you and he can even be your best friend you can talk Mm -hmm. to him about everything And he's faithful and he wants good for us. So I think that he will bring the right people in to your life at the right time. But yeah, I would just say like remain faithful and he's there for you. Yeah. I love that. I love that you have already discovered that and that that is already something that's really foundational to your faith. You mentioned a chapter one foot in. Tell me a little bit about that, because I think that a lot of Christians, people who call themselves Jesus followers, find different seasons in their life where they're all in, they're not in, and they're one foot in. So tell me a little bit about that. Expand on that that chapter for me. That chapter I wrote is pretty much going back to my eighth grade year. I was going back and forth, but that was more towards when I realized Like, I want to live for Jesus. I want a life that has meaning. And I just basically want to leave everything else behind. So I just wanted to um, show people that you kind of, you do have to surrender if you're going to live all in with Jesus, but the surrender is worth it. Mm. And yeah, it might, I think I said, might not be in that chapter, but I said at some point, God's addition in your life um, requires a subtraction. My pastor actually said that and it's true like there's going to be things that you have to give up but the life all in with Jesus is a lot better yeah goodness that is so good and how have you because you've talked a lot about boldness you've talked about being courageous um, you've talked about freely forgiving and and then telling others about this whole journey so what what does that boldness look like to you when it comes to, I mean, obviously you've written a book, so that's a very bold move to sharing your faith, but just on a day in day out basis, what does that look like for the average senior in high school? I would say it looks like, I I would say you have to be in touch with what God is nudging you to do. Mm. Um, I think he does present opportunities for us to like be extra courageous I guess you could say Mm -hmm. like maybe someone's going through something hard and you offer to pray for them or they just seem alone and you go to sit with them but not necessarily every day so I think that Mm -hmm. just not faking positivity but remembering to be joyful because Mm -hmm. he died for us Mm -hmm. um, when things are hard and when other people are struggling and you may be struggling too but just having that outlook on life is just a great example for high schoolers because a lot of 
high schoolers don't have that view. Right, right. The thing I love about this book is I feel like you touch on every possible topic that teenagers deal with. Um, One of them is about dating. And it's funny that you referenced a book because that is, so my husband and I um, lead a church. My husband is the lead pastor at our church. And when we do premarital counseling and things like that, we reference Ben Stewart's book. And it's the same book that you referenced in here called Single Dating Engaged Married. So what has what has been your guideline when it comes to dating? And then what kind of advice would you give? Because that's, that's a very um, big part of a high schooler's life for many. Yeah, I think, first of all, they should be a Christian. And that's not as a form to put anyone down or anything. But like Ben Stewart said, if you're going to link hands and run with someone, you have to be chasing after the same thing. Right. And it's hard. I think in high school, a lot of people settle they're like, oh, he or she goes to church, but like, are they leading you in your faith? Because that's so important. And then it's just going to end in heartache if they're not. And like, I've even gotten into relationships where I'm like, "Eh, I feel like I'm settling, but Mm -hmm. in the end, it's not worth it. And just don't set your sights only on high school because I mean, I'm going to college next year and you just have to remember that there's a world out there beyond the people you've grown up with. I mean, if there's someone who's going to lead you well in high school, that's great. But Mm -hmm. just be open to what God has for you and let him lead you in it. Like listen to him when you pray. And yeah, I think that you just have to be wise about it. I think that high school and like being young is an excuse, isn't an excuse to not be wise about dating. I think that we should at any age. Yeah. Well, you are incredibly wise. I love his illustration where he talks about running a race and that if the, in the words you just mentioned, if you're going to link up with someone and start running, you're, and you're not running either at the same pace or you're not even running in the same race, you're either going to be dragging someone along behind you, or that person is going to start trying to veer you off toward a different path. And you're never going to meet the finish line that you had set out to in the very beginning. It is such a great book. I love that you referenced it. Um, I think it's so great for multiple ages and multiple stages of life. And that it is really, really great advice. I love hearing it from your voice. I think that um, when you're someone who's in it and in that season, you can speak into those around you probably a little bit better than uh, like a mom would. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of which, you also have a chapter on family. And I loved that you focused on honoring your parents. And you are in a blended family, as we've already mentioned. So what does that look like in a day and age where life is very different than it was when I was your age? Um, Just the expansion of technology and social media and connectivity is constant, which it wasn't for us. I mean, we were passing notes to friends in school rather than texting them. (laughs) So how have you been able to honor your parents and your family um, in a way that honors Jesus? Uh, It's funny that you ask because I feel like with, I don't know if it's technology, but just my age range, I feel like we've lost a lot of respect for those older than us and it makes me sad but I definitely can attest to the same thing myself I struggle to respect my parents a lot um 
I think most I have to just remind myself to honor them and that they're really looking out for me because I'm, I know they love me, which I'm very blessed to have mm-hmm. great parents who want the best for me. Um, with my sister, my step siblings too, I just have to, sometimes you just have to put yourself in their shoes and um, understand what they're feeling and just give it um, a breather. My sister mm-hmm. would probably be like, yeah, you better practice what you <laughs> preach. But <laughs> I think that's always one of the challenges when you're in any type of a leadership position, whether it's because you lead a group or you've just written a book or something like that is to live out what you've written down or what you've said with your words. Um, That is for sure one of the challenges that we all face. You also talk about choices and making the right ones. How do you, how do you determine what is right and what do you do when you're pressured to make a choice that you know could lead you down a different path? So I am still so bad at making choices in a quick fashion, at least. Um, I think that sometimes you just can't be afraid of either option. When one's clear, I think that you have to use your wisdom and Mm. even if it's harder, take that path. But I think sometimes you can't be afraid of either option because God works everything together for good and he will bring good out of whichever road you're on. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to think it and take your time and obviously pray and seek God and his will for it. And I think that a lot of times he will lead you one way or the other, but sometimes you just have to take a step and trust him in that. Mm. I love that you mentioned wisdom because scripture tells us that if we ask for wisdom, God gives it to us abundantly. And there is someone who I admire, a a female voice in the faith, I would say, who mentioned that she asked for wisdom in her early years. And she feels like that is one of the gifts that God has given her because she was so fervent in praying and asking for that. And it's just a strong reminder that that's a promise that God has given us, that if we want it, and we ask for it, then he will give it to us so that when we are faced with those choices or decisions, we can tap into the wisdom that he has already surrounded us with through people or through his scripture or through a pastor or a counselor or whatever, and then be able to make you know the choice that would not only honor him, but be what is right for our own lives. You wrap up your book with a chapter called Life to the Fullest. So at 18, what does that mean to live life to the fullest? So I think it really just means living in step with God. Mm. Again, I keep going back to listening to where he's nudging you. I think it's just more of a daily thing, honestly. Absolutely. Like listening to him and uh, honoring what he puts on your heart. I think that's just really where a lot of contentment and joy and fulfillment mm-hmm. comes, knowing that you're living for a purpose. And even if you're persecuted for acting on the what he gives you in your heart it's ultimately going to be rewarded in heaven and I think chasing the the dreams that he's put in your heart too and just holding on to his promises yeah yeah I love that you said it's a daily thing I think that um anytime that we have an experience, especially when you're, we're younger. I remember I grew up in a Christian home and I grew up in the church and had a youth group and we did summer camp and we had all those fall retreats and you would go to those events 
and make decisions. And it would be this like mountaintop experience of a spiritual high. And then you would come home and get back into the routine of school and the routine of extracurricular activities. And sometimes you would forget that daily renewal. And you're absolutely right, Emmy, that when you make the daily decision to take that next step for Jesus and the next step for Jesus and the next step for Jesus, you will continue to stay on, on the right path. So what's your goal for your book? What, what's your dream? I mean, it it sounds like a lot of this was you fulfilling uh, something maybe for yourself, but I do believe that God's going to use it in a lot of lives. So what's, what's your dream? What's your goal for it? Yeah, it was exactly while writing it, it was just to do it because it was my dream and I wanted to do it. But towards the end, when I shared with a few people that I was going to be publishing a book, I really started to pray and have people pray over me that it would actually be a blessing because it's cool to like Mm -hmm. accomplish a dream, but I want it to have meaning and I want people to read it and just grow in their relationship with the Lord. So yeah, especially teens. I mean, I I really have been praying that teens can benefit from it, get wisdom from it, clarity. Yeah. I love that. I hope that for you as well. I really do think that God will use it to impact a lot of lives and that there will probably be a lot of girls and guys circling around family room (laughs) floors and going through it and sharing their own stories and their personal journeys and what God is teaching them as well. I love that. So you're a senior, which means that graduation is just a few months away. And man, Mm -hmm. the school year of 2020, 2021 hasn't been, I'm sure what you dreamt it would be when you were going to be graduating. So what, what has, what does this look like? What's the end looked like for you and what's next? So I'm going to Grove City College in the fall and I hope I'm going to study biohealth in hopes to be an integrative medicine doctor. That's awesome. That's my plan as of right now. It's probably going to change, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a good, it's a good start. (laughs) Have, has this year felt like there's been loss and how have you dealt with that? Yeah, this year has been extremely tough. I think school has been one of the hardest things. Mm -hmm. It's really hard not seeing half the people in my grade because we go on a hybrid schedule it's just Mm -hmm. sad. I'm like, I'm about to leave these people Mm -hmm. forever. And I haven't seen them and I haven't like enjoyed being with them. I know a lot of blessing has come out of it, like so much more than I probably even realized, but Mm -hmm. I do feel that there's been loss. I, the adapting to the schedule has been completely challenging for me, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Well, on the heels of that, has there been a particular verse out of scripture that has really given you purpose that you have, you know, maybe seen the promise that God has given you and, and seen it in a different way? So that also goes back to this school year because I joined the cross country team for my senior year. Mm. And one of the verses that I would repeat during that season was Hebrews 12, one through three. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith, our faith. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And that's such a typical cross-country verse because it talks about running and fixing your eyes on him. But um, after a race one day, uh, the Lord kind of gave me these words. He said, no matter what happens during the race, good or bad, the end is always the best. And I think Mm -hmm. that relates to our life. Like heaven will be the best and there's good parts and there's bad parts, but we just need to fix our eyes on him and remember that it will be the best just seeing him face to face. Yeah, that is such great advice. I love the end of that that says, don't grow weary, because I think that probably much of our nation, much of the world just feels this unbelievable weariness. And but you're right, the the best part of the race is the finish line. And that's such Mm -hmm. great advice. So Emmy, when you're not doing all of the school things and your extracurricular things and the church things and, you know, mindless things like writing books, um, (laughs) what do you love? I love to cook. Um, I could be in the kitchen for hours. Wow. (laughs) I wish I loved to cook. You could, you would be welcome in my kitchen because I don't like to be there. So what do you, what do you like make up your own recipes? Are you that kind of cook or do you follow, are you very detailed and you follow recipes specifically? I'm definitely not detailed. I get ideas from YouTube and cookbooks, but I love to just make my own thing. I like add a bunch of random stuff to it and see if it works. That is, that's amazing because I watch those cooking shows like Chopped where you get those random basket of ingredients. And I'm, I mean, I don't even know what half the things are, honestly. And then to be able to like put them together in a way that actually tastes good. I'm always amazed (laughs) at people who can just, who can do things like that. So I'm sure uh, your mom probably appreciates your handiwork in the oh, kitchen. She loves it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. I need to tell my own kids that. Um, well, this is the let it be podcast. And so if there were a prayer that you could have answered, what would it be? I would pray that the listeners and teens and everyone around the world, even myself, would be given strength to choose to shift their perspective to Jesus and what he's teaching them in this probably hard season, Mm. that they would know this earth is temporary and the best part is the finish line. Mm. I love that. Let it be. Emmy, thanks for coming on my podcast and sharing about your life and your future and especially your book. I love it. I'm so inspired by it and by you. And I'm just praying and believing that God is going to just pour his favor on your efforts with writing it on your own life and your future and that people will find him and that the kingdom will grow because of it. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Well, anyone can find you where are you on social media and what's your What's your name that they can find you by? On Instagram, I'm just emmy.stoll, E-M-I dot S-T-O-L-L. And then on Facebook, I'm Emily Stoll. The same is written on the cover of my book. Okay. And tell us where we can find your book. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble online. Okay. And I, I just ordered mine a few days ago and it came yesterday. And I'm telling you, I went through almost the whole thing last night as I was 
preparing for this, but I was just amazed at your writing and your Thank stories. You. And um, it's just so great. I think that a lot of of students and teenagers and beyond are going to get a lot of that, a lot out of it. So thanks again for coming on the podcast. I wish you all the best and I hope that we get to meet in person someday. Yes. Thank you so much. First Timothy 412 says, let no one show little respect for you because you are young. Show other Christians how to live by your life. They should be able to follow you in the way you talk and in what you do. Show them how to live in faith and in love and in holy living. I love finding hope in the next generation in people like Emmy. It's still unbelievable to me that someone so young has had this dream to write a book and then fulfill that dream by getting it published and getting it out there. So go to Amazon and find her book, Growing Up in Grace by Emily Stoll. And that's E-M-I-L-Y and her last name is S-T-O-L-L. I loved my conversation with her. There is definitely good things to come out of this next generation. And I believe in them and championing them. And I hope you join me alongside. You can follow me and stay up to date on all things with the Let It Be podcast at Becky Zingenfuss. That's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. And as always, thanks again for being part of the Let It Be podcast.